I'm helping them see that they need to take action now. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 80. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. What you probably can't tell, in fact, you definitely can't tell because you listen to this, is that there's been a change. Rob and I have switched sides. No, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. No, we're now standing the right way around. We just realised last week that the entire show, we've been standing the wrong way around. So if you were to look at us, you, you would see Kennedy and Rob, not Rob and Kennedy. So we need to stand the right way around. So we, we've changed sides now. Yeah. And can you imagine how much better our content is going to be now we're stood the right way the around? The feng shui just feels so much better. It just feels so much better. The reason we've done that, in case you don't already know, is because we've just launched a new podcast, which features video as well as Ooh. audio. I know, effects, etc. So if you don't already know, because we've been pushing it about a whole place for like a few weeks now, we've got a brand new podcast called The Email Marketing Show. You'll find on all your podcast player. So on this podcast player, you're listening to this right now. You'll find it. Go search for it now, the email marketing show, but you'll also find it released every single week on YouTube as well. So you can sort of get a behind the scenes little glimpse. It's a totally different format. There's like no club singer. No, it's much, it's actually a shorter podcast. It's a shorter show for you to consume really fast. And it's all about everything from the technicalities of email marketing these days, up to the strategy, what to write, different campaigns. And every other week, Rob and I do interview a different expert on a specific campaign or an area of email marketing. So if you're quite experienced with email marketing, you want to just up your game and like really tune into what's working right now, that it's a really good show for you. But also if you've already been building your social following or you're really good at other areas of marketing, but you really could do a sharpening your email marketing sort of prowess then it's a great show for you to tune into as well. It's still really good fun. It's still Rob and I doing it. And like I say, every other week we do interview a guest. And in the in-between weeks, well, it's us, isn't it? With some interesting extra features as well. So this is going to be brand a new fun. features. Yeah. We've actually committed ourselves that none of the features from the three, mark- three marketers podcast would actually carry over. We said we're not allowed to do that. It's a creative rule. So it's a totally different format, totally different show. Go check it out. The email marketing show on all of your favorite players. So before we get into speaking to Christine Slomsky this week, which I'm really looking forward to because you know what it's like? If you see people on the internet who are selling these high price products and you think, blimey neck, how do I sell those things? How do I get to three grand, five grand, 20 grand, a hundred grand products and programs? Well, I'm going to sort of lay down a little bit of a truth for you here, which is you probably not going to do it using the same sales video, the VSLs that you've been using so far. Right, exactly. So you need to do, uh, you need to make a conversation. You need to actually get these people on a call and have a chat, the classic discovery call, a strategy session, whatever it's called this week, that more and more people are taking up. And on that call, uh, you need to make sure you do it right. It needs to be sort of, you know, focused on the person who you're actually chatting to. It needs to give them a chance to talk. And there's a load of mistakes I know I certainly made when I started doing those calls. And a lot of that stuff came up in this, in this conversation with Christine. And actually, she has some really interesting takes on how you sell stuff in a way that is actually really beneficial to the person. Uh, it's going to help you to get rid of the people who you're not going to be able to help or are not going to be a good fit for working with you and get straight to the root of the problem with the people who are so that they are desperate to buy your program. Before we get into the interview with Christine Slonsky today, we want to go over to Rob's all-important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, tie ribbons around your enemies and chair meetings with gusto. That's going to set you up for the week. So before you head over and check out the new email marketing show, you've got to hear this interview with Christine. You're going to love it. Christine Slonsky, how are you? 
I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. We're really excited to have you here. Lots of people who listen to this are coaches and consultants like us, and they sell a lot of stuff through strategy sessions or discovery calls or whatever those things are called this week. And one of the things that uh, you know a lot of people do is they find those harder to get the sales that they really want. What do you think is the big mistake that most people make with those strategy sessions? Yeah, the biggest mistake what, what I've seen is that people actually go onto the session and they start coaching right? Because the client comes with a pain and they feel so compelled to help the client to get rid of the pain right then and there so right. that the potential client is kind of done after the session and doesn't feel like they need the rest of the coach anymore. And you can't blame us because one of the reasons that most of us get into being coaches and consultants in the first place is because we do want to help people. And that is hardwired into us. But I understand that. If at the end of the 20 minutes you've fixed my phobia of, uh, of bees and wasps or something, then I'm going to be like, oh, thanks a lot. And I don't I need to pay you anything. I suppose we are all taught this idea of delivering lots of value and results in advance. And the more, you know, the more value we can give people, the more likely they are to pay us. But I suppose mm -hmm. the flip side of that is if we just overwhelm them with loads of ideas on a free call, They'll go, oh, great, I'll go and do that now. And then I'll come back later, maybe. Yeah. And I think there's also a misconception of the whole strategy call. Because oftentimes when we allow the client to actually talk about their challenges, to talk about their pain, we already help them because we might be the first ones they have told their story. We might be the first ones that actually, mm. you know, are witnessing the process that the potential client is going through. Right. So we think we are not delivering value if we ask questions, if we dive deep on the pain and we feel compelled to coach, but actually we are delivering value by holding the space so the potential client can express their challenges and maybe for the first time voices um, what's going on in their head. I've never really thought about it that way and that, and this might be the very first time they're sharing this with anybody in the world because their, their partner or their spouse may not even understand what's going on. They might not understand the, the, the conditions. That's really, really interesting. When it, when it comes to these calls themselves, I'm curious, what do you feel like is the sweet spot when it comes to the length of the call? It's not really the length. I think it's for the, for the person holding the call. They need to step up as a leader because that's why the potential client came in the first place. So by holding the space that the client can express the pain and feel the pain, we are actually helping them already. So I, I think that's the most important thing to hold that space for the pain. And, you know, nobody wants to experience pain. I don't like to experience pain when I listen to potential clients, but I know I'm helping them through I'm helping them see that they need to take action now so they can solve the issue. And that might not be with me. That's totally fine. But giving them the space is the most important thing. Okay. So you're kind of guiding the call, but you're giving them the freedom to talk as much as they need to talk and say what they need to say and get that stuff out there. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I don't want to have them drift and tell me their whole life story and why they are the person they are today. Oh, yeah. I really want to tackle the, the challenge they have so that we can find out, am I the right person to support them? Or do, do I give them another resource or point them into a different direction to somebody else so that they can actually solve that issue? 
Okay. That makes a lot of sense. One of the things I've seen, there's sort of really two different polar opposite ways of framing this call. Some people do it where they sort of pre-frame it as just jump on a call. We'll chat about what you're up to and find out how I can help you. And that's kind of that. Some people, it's very evident in the sales copy or the process that gets them to register for that call. It's very obvious. It's very transparent that we're going to talk for a bit. And at the end, I'll tell you if I can help you. And if I can, then you'll be invited to join a program or come and work with me or something. What do you think is the sort of correct, most effective way to pre-frame that call, or sorry, pre-frame the bit that gets them onto the call so that that sales conversation is less difficult or less awkward? There's no sudden pivot halfway through where you pull the rug. Surprise! Say, now! <laughs> yeah, such, that's a great question. I, I think I would always say, well, depending on which model to choose like if you wanted to give them like a taste of your coaching which is an option to do in such a call I would always say you know if it's really aligned and you feel like I can support you moving on I'm gonna you know make an invitation and I'm gonna show you how we potentially could work together I would not just trick them in and then all of a sudden after 30 minutes I you know come around with a high ticket offer or something um, I would just be totally honest and open about it because, mm. you know, the client needs to trust you and they, when they work with you, they, they buy your energy first mm. and then your solution second. So if there's already something totally off because you were trying to hide that it could be uh, an offer at the end, um, I just feel that, you know, if I would be the client, that's kind of dishonest. And I would not move forward booking a person that, you know, can't even get the first call right. Right. No, totally. So let's dive into some strategies we might be able to use. We'll reuse the rest of this sort of time we've got together here to talk about what we do, what we do need to be doing on this strategy call. So rather than fixing the pain and solving the problem all in 20 minutes, which you know, <laughs> truthfully you can't give somebody enough, uh, enough value in that time. Cause it's going to, if it does solve the pain or solve the problem, it's going to be a short term fix. It can't be a complete or dare I say holistic. Don't you love that word? No, I hate that. I hate that. What do you mean? <laughs> so you can't give them a complete picture and a complete long-term solution though in 20 minutes or whatever. So what is a, like a structure or a format or a way we can do these calls in a way that allows us to do what needs to be done so it looks like it's digging for pain in your model and also not get into coaching and solving on that call? So what's the structure? Yeah, well, it's, it's not really, you know, it's not that you look for pain, but when somebody approaches you or takes you up on your call, they are in pain. Sure. Just realizing that and that you might be the solution. So what I always like to do, I want to know where they are. I want to know why they contacted me so that I can understand the motivation behind it. Sure. And that naturally gets them feeding into the pain thing because you have to get them to talk about the problem. Otherwise, so I'm not saying we need to like sort of go and prod the bruise and tell me, you know, but how sad are you? No, it's sadder <laughs> than that. <laughs> Well, you kind of, you kind of want to know, like, what have they done? Like, have they already had uh, support, but they didn't push through? Like, did they book an online course? Did they work with another coach? Like, what actions have they taken to solve the problem? 
because you also might find out. Interesting, because I want to know the reason that you're asking that question about what they've tried in the past. Is that because you're trying to dig for the pain at that point, or are you looking for objection handling things here, where that you're going to have to maybe overcome later? Mm. Well, what I'm looking for is motivation because I don't want to work with somebody that doesn't get stuff done, that does not have the willingness to do what needs to be done to find that solution. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, also when, when people want to work with you, maybe one-on-one or in a group coaching session, or, you know, when you offer those one-on-one um, strategy sessions or a discovery sessions or however you want to call them, it's usually priced at a higher price point, right? There is an investment to sure. it. So I want to find out what is the motivation of that person? Have they ever invested in themselves? Uh-huh. Because if they have not, if they have not even spent like $250 for a simple online course or um, whatever, that, that might be too far off in this intensive work. And I, you know, I can give them something else first where they can take maybe a baby step. Maybe they are ready to, to do what it takes, but I want to find out with my questions, like where are they on a level from zero to 10? How ready are they to get rid of the problem? Because often we are interested, but we are not committed. And what I mean is, i um, just going to go to the weight losing um, example, because Thank that's, you. you know, that's what I'm struggling with myself at the moment is I am interested in, you know, moving my body, losing a little bit weight, but I'm not really committed because I haven't set up anything at the moment. Story of my um, life. I really want to lose weight, but I also want to eat cake. It, well, kind of, right? I also want to travel and enjoy whatever yeah. the nice restaurants uh, bring. So it's like, I'm interested, but I'm not committed. And you know, as a coach, I wouldn't want to work with people who are just interested. Okay. Is that anything there that you would sort of try and find out in advance of the call? So maybe like through an application form or something like that. So you only get on the call with those people who are really interested? Yeah, I, um, I, I definitely have, a, I have an application form and um, I do ask people like, what, you know, what's your level um, of of commitment is it like 100 percent is it 80 and then i have one option that says well no i just want to have a chat with you right (laughs) um but still that's before they've spoken to you so when you really um go deeper in that call when you really find out what's the motivation where is the pain how strong is the pain have they done anything to solve it or is it the first attempt like where are they on the journey that, you know, it could actually turn from, I just want to have a chat to, oh my goodness, I've never realized how much I'm holding myself back. But now I was able to tell you about that journey that I want to make to get to my dream. And now my motivation totally has changed. Okay. Where do you sit in the sort of discussion about, I have a sales script that I work through and I obviously allow them to fill in the blanks and that's going to vary from call to call, but I'm going to push it in the same direction every time versus actually I'm just going to go fairly free flow and I'm going to ask the questions that make sense. Are you very scripted? Or are you very sort of improvised on the spot? Um, I'm, I'm somebody that's probably more improvised because um, if we talk about one-on-one coaching or you know group coaching programs, I really want to get to know the client. I always say I only take on board soulmate clients. 
um, these are clients that, you know, put a smile on my face when I see that they booked in my calendar or that I would uh, love to have over for dinner. Like I really, I'm looking for that um, deeper connection because that helps them also move through those challenges in, in the coaching. Um, I know that there are lots of people that say, well, this is a script, you just read it and then you're fine. And I know from corporate, depending on what product you have, um, that might work, but people will feel it. So every monkey can read a script, right? But not every like intelligent person um, can, no, sorry, I need to reframe that. But every intelligent person, they want to get more out of, they want to feel the alignment and want to have a really, really good call. So if you have like a brief structure, like for example, go into the pain, find out the motivation, and then uh, create the future together. Like, where do they want to be? And are you the right person for that? And if so, make an offer. Then you kind of have like bullet points, um, but you are not reading a script where they fill in the blanks. So the alternative to this, the idea of a cold hard script, which of course in some industries, I don't think many of our listeners' industries, truthfully, uh, they, they do have to have a script because it might be highly legislated or whatever, if you like in financial or something like that. But for most of us, we're not in that, in that world. But the alternative to having a script is to have a sort of a process, a bunch of steps, and which, you know, there's, there's different ones. Do you have a bunch of steps just to make sure you don't end up? Because I know when I first started selling anything, when I first started off being an entertainer, selling my own shows, I would go round and round in circles. I'd do like a bit of social proof at the beginning. Then I'd tell them about the benefit. Then I'd end up talking about some social proof. And then I'd tell them a story. Like I never got, I got myself into this spiral and I never got to saying, hey, do you want to book me to do a show for you? So do you have a bunch, of, a bunch of steps that you take people through to make sure you actually end up going in one direction rather than going around in circles? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I want to find out the motivation. Why are they on the call? So that's step um, number one, is it? Is that, is that sort of the beginning of the call starts with that for you? Exactly, yeah. What, what, what really? motivates them to, to invest their time to, to speak with me? So that, that kind of shows me, like, where do they come from? Like, where... Where do they, have they listened to a podcast episode? Have they read my blog? Have they just connected on Facebook because they like what they, what they seen? Sure. Well, that kind of gives me like a background. And then I want to know about their, their biggest challenge. Like, where are they right now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, going into the pain and then from there to like, where do they want to be? And then the next step is finding out if, you know, I'm the right person for them. So that's, that's basically it. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. What, what's really important is that they do the talking and you do the listening because they can potentially just pitch themselves why they should be working with you. And if you, if you hold that space and open up that room, then, you know, they, they feel great. And I don't need the, I don't think they need to be convinced of the benefits. Mm-hmm. If you ask the right questions, they will just see for themselves what are they getting out of that relationship with you. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, now, I want to come back to that in a second, because I'd like to talk about one of the stages of that process in, in particular. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings to play our game of this episode. Now, here's how it works, Christine. My colleague Kennedy here, hello, that's him, he's going to sing a song for you now, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub <laughs> singer. And that means that some of the words will be somewhat difficult to understand. Now, I've mm. just chosen the song before the episode. I've just put it on the screen with the lyrics here now. I'm just checking to make sure he knows what it is. Yes, got yes, a I do. Color. I don't uh, think like, anybody else is going to know what this is. He's going to go sound. ahead and sing the song. And then at the end, Christine and our dear listeners, of course, you as well, it's your job to work out what song Kennedy is singing. This is horrific. Take okay, it, take it away. I think Kennedy's decided to make up a song instead of singing the one that I chose. No, that was it. <laughs> uh, Christine, any idea? Well, it sounded like Helga Schneider. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. Helga Schneider? Uh, no, it no, wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. We didn't do the greatest hits of German pop music. On this. <laughs> it's, a German, it's a German comedian. Uh, he's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Really? Wow. Okay. Well, excellent. <laughs> that was in uh, that was in fact "Happy" by Pharrell Williams. Wow. <laughs> I think it sounded exactly that like that. Uh, dragging this kicking and screaming back to something sensible. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, and you said something there that really interested me, which is uh, let them do most of the talking. And I yeah. know for a long time, this was a mistake I used to make, was I used to tell them all about the videos they were going to get, oh, and the audios, and there's transcripts in there as well. And that'll I think help it's the entertainer this. inside of you who just wants to chat, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably. So I think it's interesting we let them do most of the talking, and that's great. And we're going to keep asking them questions to push them in the direction we want to go until yeah. we sort of see that moment. So one of the questions I've got then is, uh, what is it that you are looking for uh, in order to know that you've reached the point where you can now, what I'm going to call pivot, and you can start to talk to them about the pivot. idea of working, working together rather than asking them about you? What's the thing you're looking for where you say, right, at this point, I'm now ready to flip this over a little bit and start to talk about actually working together on a paid basis? Yeah, that that's really interesting. So Often times, not all of the times, but oftentimes there is a point when you really are a good listener, when they will ask you how it looks like working with you. Right. Okay. So you're actually going to wait for them to say, oh, great, how, you know, can, can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? It's almost like inbound sales, isn't it? Like it's, <laughs> you know, we've got inbound marketing. It's like them saying, okay, now can I, wow. And has, has it been a situation where you found that doesn't happen? Well, well, yes. I mean, it depends how the how the call unfolded, and sometimes I don't make an offer because I don't think it's a match. I just give them a resource and tell them goodbye. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's like they're so caught up in their challenge that they kind of have forgotten that they could potentially work with you. So um, then I would just, you know, summarize like, okay, this is where you are. This is what, you know, you said, and this is what you want to solve. So do you feel like you would like to have some support to overcome that challenge or to reach X, Y, that goal? That's quite nice. They're only committing to the fact that they want some support, not like, hey, do you want to hand me your cash right now? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's 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 the end of. I think that semantics is really and is that your is that the only closing technique you use, or do you is there anything else that you would use, or is that literally the closer you do? Well, I you know it's 
I know there's so many, you know, closing techniques. Sure. Um, I see it more like an invitation. So um, by, you know, asking them if they would like some support or if they could see that um, I was the right person to help them to get to X, Y, that uh-huh. goal, um, then, you know, if everything else is aligned, they usually say yes. And then, you know, you kind of check when, you know, when you have, want to have your first call and um, then you give them, you know, the details of this is how it works. Okay. As part of that process, how much are you telling them about the thing you do? In other words, if it's a, you know, a coaching program, you might talk about your know, group program, you might talk about, and there's all these video modules to work through. And then every week we do a call. And in that call, we talk about X, Y, Z. How much time do you spend focusing on the detail of what they're going to get and why that will benefit them, features and benefits? Or are you quite vague? Is it more just like, oh, well, you know, it's a three-month program and by the end of that program, you will have and you will be able to. Are you focused on the detail or just on the outcome when you actually start to tell them what it is? I'm I'm more focused on the outcome because that's what people want. They don't really care if it's five videos and three calls or vice versa. They want to know, you know, like when you go to a travel agency, which today probably nobody really does anymore, but you want to know like that's a destination, right? That's a beach I'm going to be on. And this is going to be so amazing. And this feels wonderful. You don't really care if you have to fly through London or Frankfurt. You know. I do, as long as I'm not going through Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to recommend. <laughs> Charles doesn't like it either. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. That's really, really interesting. Thank you for that. So I think we're going to close up this episode by going into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, Christine, give us a book that you recommend. Well, I highly recommend the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Burke and John David Mann. Um, it really, when you look into sales and, and serving and coming from that space, um, this is a book that will give you um, so much value. And um, for me, it was really life-changing for my sales career. I love it. I love it. Okay. What's the top success habit? Something that you do regularly? Um, I do journal a lot and by journaling, I don't, I don't mean I sit down and say, well, today for dinner, I had right. you know, a soup or something. I, I journal like how I want my life to be so that I'm kind of getting used to the person I have to become to reach that goal. Hmm. Okay. Would you give us an entrepreneur or a marketer that you really look up to? An entrepreneur or marketer I really look up to, well... I guess in the coaching space, you can't get around Tony Robbins. <laughs> um, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Okay. So what are some of your favorite apps that you really rely on and you think everybody else needs to know about? My favorite apps. Um, I have one app that um, is called, I think it's called Brain. Um, and especially when I feel like I can't concentrate. So it has um, like sounds. And those sounds help to um, balance your brain. So when I want to write my blog and I just don't feel like it, I just turn on that app. And after a while, I, I can totally focus and concentrate. And I think an entrepreneur with so many shiny objects all day long, that's very important. Sounds like magic to me. A uh, big important question now, Christine. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? <laughs> this is such a difficult question. I think that's the most difficult one. 
um, and from following you on, on your podcast um, and really loving it. Um, I feel like uh, Red Hair Rob gets more credit, so I'm going to go for Platinum Blonde. Oh, absolutely. He gets all the credit, yet he does none of the work. <laughs> Finally, where can we all go to find out more about you, Christine? Uh, just hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. That's S-C-H-L-O-N-S-K-I. Of course, and the links to all of that stuff and many of the things we talked about in the episode are all across in the show notes. Link to that coming right up. Christine, thank you so much for taking some time out to come and join us today. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was wonderful. So cool. You can tell that her entire sales approach comes from a place of caring about the person she's talking yes. to, really trying to make sure that it's going to be a fit to work with. I mean, you hear coaches talk a lot about, oh, you know, we turn away 95% of the people that we get on the call. And actually, you know, there's a lot of people out there. We'll just take the money. If you've got enough money and it's on mm. your credit card or you can fit it across four credit cards, we'll take it. We'll take it. And I think, you know, what we were talking about there during that interview around about having legitimacy and your legacy and about what's your reputation. Actually, yes, you might make an extra a few grand today. You might hit some better numbers today, but in terms of your long-term reputation, so if every, imagine if every single person who came into your program and they're paying you that amount of money, they're going to have a certain level of expectation. Imagine if they actually achieve some amazing results and every single one of them did. And that's all because you chose the right people. Yeah. How many people, it's easy to go, well, I can only teach them the stuff. I can only take the horse to the water and it's up to them if they drink it. But what if you choose really thirsty horses? Yeah. Exactly right. So this is so, so, so powerful. If you missed anything, of course, you can check out all of the show notes, which we put together for you over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero eight zero. You can. And if you haven't already gone and subscribed to our brand new podcast, The Email Marketing Show, you'll find it on YouTube. I can't even say YouTube. 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 On YouTube. And also on your favorite podcast player where you're listening to this right now, The Email Marketing Show. Go and check it out there. We'll be back next week. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.